Everything changes in today's marketplace. Technology, competition, staff, and even clients. Everyone is doing business differently than they once did. The challenge many face is keeping up with the change. Welcome to Thriving in Uncertainty with your host, Meredith Elliott Powell. By learning from the insights and expertise of guests like those you'll hear today, you can thrive in ways you never thought possible. Now, here is Meredith Elliott Powell. Welcome to Thriving in Uncertainty, the radio program where we cover the ideas, share the strategies, and implement the powerful tips you need to ensure you succeed no matter how the marketplace changes or what this economy does. I'm Meredith Elliott Powell, your host, and I am excited about today's guest and our topic, how to grow and scale your business. Our guest today is Bea Chalette, and she is the growth architect and a results-oriented businesswoman with with an entrepreneur, entrepreneurial spirit and a proven track record in growing, building, and scaling women's businesses. Once $135,000 in debt and a single mother, she successfully sold her business to a global entertainment media company owned by none other than Bill Gates in a multi-million dollar deal. She is the creator of The Women's Code, the fourth step of growth architecture that is focused on supporting balanced leadership. Her, propri- her proprietary methods specifically address women's obstacles, and she leads from experience having survived in business in a highly competitive male-dominated environment. Bede, I could talk about you all day, but I want to go ahead and welcome you to the show and go ahead and get started so our listeners can experience you. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I'm, I've been looking forward to this. You know, it's not, nothing like talking to another woman trailblazer. <laughs> oh, so um, so true. We both came up in um, in male-dominated industries, but you really have a remarkable um, story. And before we jump into um, sharing your advice and wisdom, I'd really love my listeners to get um, to get a little bit of your um, background and a little bit of you know your rise to building a business scaling a business and selling it to none other than Bill Gates. I know, right? It's, I mean, when, when, I hear, when I hear this introduction, it just sounds amazing, you know, but, <laughs> but, but most of the time, you know, you don't, people, people go like, yeah, well, that's, that's you, but how did you do that? So let me tell you a little bit how I got to be from there to there. And, and you know, I, I like to open this with the understanding that I am really very much like everybody else, you know, maybe a little bit more on the unruly side and uh, which is, which is what we so often find with entrepreneurs. And I had a aptitude test in Germany where I'm from. And in Germany, we take things very seriously. There was like 16 pages of just aptitude tests, you know, and all these questions. Do you like being outside? Are you afraid of heights? Uh, Do you mind, you know, physical activity? And I go, you know, and I'm filling this out, bumbling along. And at the end of the 16-page test, um, it said that I should have been a roofer. (laughs) That's great. And and, uh, so for me, you know, it was at the tender age of 16 when I realized that a lot of what other people, you know, sort of, you know, sort of these standards didn't necessarily apply to me. And so I decided to go into a creative business, which, you know, is, is a difficult thing to, to do in, you know, and make money in a creative business, but I've always been drawn to creativity, but I found out pretty quickly that I'm better at the business side behind the creative businesses. So that's how I got into uh, being a photo editor at Elle magazine, I was 23 years old. I'm running the photo department of Elle magazine, Germany, and wow. making a, making a ton of money. And I, you know, and I'm loving everything. And so, uh, but but what happens sometimes when you have a lot of success very early on, there is a chance that you kind of are a bit of a jerk. Uh, <laughs> put it politely, because you feel that, you, you know, people doing things for you. And then one day I woke up and, and I'm realizing, Meredith, they're not doing this because of me. They're doing this because of the job I have. And I really didn't want to be that person. So I decided I was going to immigrate to America and uh, just leave everything behind for a year abroad that hasn't ended, you know, some 30 years later now. (laughs) And I arrived here and I started, you know, working at a artist representation company. And then I've 
it kind of fell into photography production and I did a lot of still photography production and then the recession hit, uh, fires, earthquakes, flood. I was laid off with a small child and I realized in this big, you know, earthquake we had uh, 20 years ago is that it was easier for me to just do this by myself versus, you know, dragging on dead, dead weight. So that's how my, my journey as a single mom entrepreneur began really out of complete necessity, necessity, not so much because that's what I set out to be, but I was not hireable. There were no jobs, you know, I had kind of no choice. And so I built this business to about a million dollar business, which makes it, you know, according to all the statistics out there in the top, you know, 3% of all small or micro businesses that even ever make it to a million dollars, especially the numbers for women are rather shocking. I think, you know, very like less than 60% of, no, less than 40% of women, I think, making ever even over $100,000 in business, which is, which is what we really need to be changing. But uh, back to the story. So I built this business and, you know, you know, I'm, I'm working along and then I had this day where I had this really uneasy feeling that something was happening in my business that I didn't know about. And I fired my employee and I find out I fired her two weeks too late. She had come up with a plan to run my business without me. So invoices that I wrote to clients were paid to her and my key vendor who had started their own business. And I called the clients and I said, hey, you know, what's wrong with you guys? You know, where are you? Is what we paid them because they said you were cheating them out of money. So don't you be putting us in the middle of this. I'm like, you put yourself in the middle of this. You can't, you can't take money that you owe me, my company, my corporation and pay it to someone else. And so I sued both of them for misappropriation of trade secrets, for theft, for all that good stuff. And um, you, you know, because I, at that time, I felt I needed to be right, Meredith. Mm-hmm. And next thing, you know, production season is rolling around. And as this production season rolls around, I'm recognizing now that I have an opportunity to, you know, you know do all my new jobs and to, uh, you know, a half a million dollars worth of work on the books. And then September 11th comes. And in one day, it wiped myself. I, I was wiped out. One day. In 24 hours, my whole business went down with the towers. Every job canceled. So I'm sitting there and I'm going like, okay, great. I'm in this lawsuit. I think I'm recovering. Now, every income that I could possibly have is being taken away from me. And, you know, what's sort of important for the story, though, is that all this time, you know, when I was doing these productions and I was representing photographers, I always thought I could play on a much larger scale. And for some reason, that didn't happen. You know, and so I think sometimes when we talk out loud, the universe, God or spirit kind of makes a decision <laughs> for us. And they said, we heard you because you can make a decision. Let's make the decision for you. So anyway, so here I am. So I'm, I'm, I'm struggling, you know, to get my business back. This is going on for, for, for years. You know, I'm, I'm desperate. I don't know what to do. You know, I fly to Germany to drum up some business in Germany. And my father has a stroke, but my father didn't have a stroke. He has pancreatic cancer and he dies six weeks later. So now my best friend, advisor, my biggest fan, you know, has passed away. I'm, you know, I have no business. I've been betrayed. I've been lied to. And I try to figure out, you know, how do you get out of this? And at that moment, I decided that if I was going to drown, I'm going to drown in an ocean and not in a puddle. Mm -hmm. And if I was going to go down by fire, it was not by a match, but it was going to be by a flaming inferno. At least it's worth it. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you know, and, and, and I, you know, I'm at the grave, my phone rings, my office calls and says, we've just been served a notice. So now I'm losing the house that I have my home office in that I didn't own. I rented at the time, but it had that new slummy landlord and you came up with a reason. I'm going like, great, you know, so, so I'm really out cold now. But I had written a letter to the president of the United States out of pure desperation, you know, uh, <laughs> a couple months earlier, you know, and I did that Meredith because people always say like, you did what? Yeah. I said, well, because my, 
my mother-in-law just wouldn't be quiet about it. She always said, well, he's your president, you know, he's here to help the people. He will help you too. Why don't you just write a letter? So I just wrote the letter just to get rid of her. And I get a letter from the White House. And the letter from the White House says, um, you know, the president is delighted to hear from you. (laughs) And it put me in touch with the Small Business Administration. I had written a business plan and then they went ahead and they restructured my my debt into a fixed-term loan and it freed up my line of credit again. And so I got to break even three months later, 18 months later, I'm the world leader in celebrity at home stories. And I'm licensed in the world. And then a Bill Gates company comes and they, you know, Bill Gates owned at the time a company that did all these stock photography licenses and a celebrity uh, portraiture business. And so they said, can you tell us how you do it? And like any smart woman, I said, absolutely not. If you want to, <laughs> if you want to know how I do it, you're going to have to pay me for it. And so they made me a you know, really big, juicy, multi-million dollar offer that was just too good to refuse. And I... You know, I said, I said yes, and that's how I got to sell my business to Bill Gates. So I love so much um, about this story. I mean, the things that I hear in this story are that, boy, I mean, the, um, the universe really threw you every entrepreneurial and life challenge a person um, can have. I mean, you got knocked down and knocked down and knocked down, but boy, you got right back up. I mean, that. I, so I'm hearing persistence. Then there's also this um, risk, I mean, to write a letter to the President of the United <laughs> States. I mean, you know, in most people's minds is one pot, one thought is crazy. The other is what a waste of energy. But then the interesting thing about it, which I think is, is such the truth of entrepreneurialism is you throw so much out there and you don't know what is going to be the thing that is going to work that can change everything. It's like literally your life and your business really after, you know, years of struggle really, you know, turned around. So, so it's in that, I mean, you know, again, you're such a great example because you have lived the, um, you really understand the entrepreneurial um, journey and you almost lived it on a level that most entrepreneurs don't even have to um, feel it. Yeah, you're absolutely right, Meredith. And, and I think sort of what's really uh, remarkable in this story, you know, and now that I'm much more removed to it in my life, obviously is very different today than it was back then. But, you know, I work with a lot of entrepreneurs and, this, you know, and it always comes as like, what do you think was, you know, what was it? Like, why, why did you not give up? Why didn't you throw in the towel? And I believe that, you know, whether you call it persistence or audacity to not give up, but I do believe, and this is sort of an analogy I use all the time, and this is maybe an important piece for your listeners, is that I do truly believe that the larger the obstacle or the test, that the bigger the reward will be on the other side. And it is very much like going into this dark tunnel. Like if you've ever been to Europe and you go into these crazy tunnels, you know, where you're driving from Austria to Italy or, or all over the mountains, it'll, it'll tell you how long the mountain is. And then you go into that mountain and about, you know, one third halfway in, you go, oh my God, this is absolutely horrible. Uh, how you know you lose you, you I'm so sorry that, that, that there's a trucks going by here so it sounds a little noisy I apologize for that and uh, you get to this point where you just um, forget that there is another side and you think about all the accidents that have happened in the tunnel but you could be closer to the exit you know, it could be right around the next corner. And I do believe that when we go through these challenges, trials, and tribulations, most people, when they sort of see the tunnel, they already run away. When they go into the tunnel, they go a little bit in and then turn around and then run away. But very few people actually stay all the course because they truly, truly believe that the tunnel will end at one point. And I think that's really this perseverance that you were talking about a moment ago, Meredith, where we have to go into this tunnel of not knowing where the entrepreneurial journey will lead us with the expectation that 
this hardship will eventually end and there will be a reward. And as you said so very well, you, you send ships to sail to uncover continents unknown. You just don't know which ship is going to come back with treasures first. Yeah, I mean, I think that that is, you know, as I have studied entrepreneurs and successful people um, over the years, persistence is just such an important um, quality. It's not, you know, if, if you're going to get knocked down a lot and can you, can you keep getting back up? One thing that I really loved in your story that makes me laugh about a time in my life, I just had a lot of things um, go wrong. My first husband had passed away. I'd lost my job. I had just, you know, at the end of my life. And I came home. I went back to my house and I'd been robbed. Like everything, not that I owned anything, but everything had been stolen. Mm-hmm. And there, and it was almost like a flip in me, though. I was like, just go ahead. I don't take one more shot at me. I am, I am invincible now because everything has happened. There is something, there is some value in getting to the end of your rope. And I very much heard that in your story that you were like, what the heck? I'll write to the president of the United States. What do I have to lose, right? It, it, this is exactly right. Well, first of all, sorry, you know, to, oh, no, that, that you had to go through such unimaginable <laughs> losses and difficulties. But, you know, your point really is spot on that you you fall to your knees and you know you might be on your knees with your wrist with your uh, uh, with your hand uh, you know if your fist raised against God the sky the universe spirit or whatever that might be and you might be yelling but this this perseverance the persistence just means that you are claiming your birthright of abundance mm-hmm. and if you waver the universe will waver. And, you know, and sometimes you, you, you have to fake it. And sometimes it's a minute at a time. Sometimes it's an hour at a time. And then you go like, yeah, bring it on. What else can you do? And, you know, and, and sure enough, there's another thing. And I think that these are really, especially for those amongst us who truly believe that they have a message that is worth sharing, that need to heal this planet, need to heal the way business is done, need to heal the way business is done for women, how women lead, you know, how all of this works together. It's like we are being put through the fire to understand quickly how bad it really is so we can activate the healing, you know, the the healing that is present in so many women who want to make this world, the workplace, you know, business a better place for all of us. And I think that's what's happening when we go through these hardships. This is being activated and you either accept it or you run. Yes. Um, you know, you, you touched on something there that I want to um, I, I want to dive into when we uh, we're going to take a quick break um, and come back. And I want to talk about how you started to focus on um, on women uh, entrepreneurs and some of the work in areas that um, that you uh, that you have done there. But we're going to take a quick break. So listeners, just um, come right back to us, because I don't know about you, but I am loving this um this conversation Uh, there's just so much that i'm getting out of it so we'll take a quick break and we will be right back with more of thriving in uncertainty become our friend on facebook post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline visit facebook.com forward slash voice america Are you ready to learn the business strategies you need to succeed no matter what this economy does? Are you interested in learning how the top organizations and how successful leaders are making change work for their companies and using uncertainty as their greatest competitive advantage? Then join the thousands of business owners, sales professionals, and entrepreneurs who have found the answers. Business growth expert Meredith Elliott Powell, author of Thrive, Strategies for Success in Uncertainty offers powerful keynotes, workshops, and training courses for organizations and leaders of sales professionals looking to take their companies to the next level. Voted a top 15 business growth expert to watch and top 40 motivational speaker, Meredith coaches executives, trains next level leaders, and builds sales teams in her innovative three-step proven system to thrive in uncertainty. To learn more, go to valuespeaker.com. To speak with Meredith directly, book Meredith to speak and learn more about her training programs. That's valuespeaker.com. Visit today. How is your work-life balance? In most businesses, no matter where you are positioned, there is always room for improvement. 
If you're an executive, learn insight about your business. Are you an employee? Learn how to better work with your team. Even if you're not in business, you can learn where your strengths and weaknesses can be played to their best potential. The Work-Life Balance with host Rick Morris can be heard live every Friday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. You are listening to Thriving in Uncertainty. If you have a question or comment about our program, Meredith would love to hear from you. Her email address is mere at valuespeaker.com. Again, that's mere at valuespeaker.com. Now back to Thriving in Uncertainty. And welcome back to Thriving in Uncertainty, the radio program where we cover the ideas, share the strategies, and implement the powerful tips you need to ensure you succeed no matter what this economy does. So I am lucky enough to be interviewing the fascinating Beach Chalette, and we are talking about, when we took a break, we were talking about um, entrepreneurship, and I wanted to start the conversation about your work um, with women in, in general. Um, obviously, being a female entrepreneur, um, you know, you, from your experience, I'm sure you felt that you had a lot to work um, to support women. But why go into that particular um, area? Well, so there's a couple of things. So number one, after, you know, I sold my business, I was asked to come on as a senior director at this Bill Gates company for global entertainment. And I realized that in the corporate world, that there is such a discrepancy between how women are being viewed, women leadership is viewed, how women are being talked about, how women are being talked down on. I saw that, you know, having babies is, is like the biggest shocking revelation to anybody ever working in a corporation. You know, this is like, oh my God, she's having a baby as if this is the first woman who's ever had a baby, as if this is brand new news to anybody. And um, I was really shocked at the discrepancy that I saw, you know, in, in the system and in the structure as it, you know, is, is extends to women. And then I realized that on the entrepreneurial side of things that this really was the reason that women had such a hard time to grow their businesses or figure out real information because all the information out there is all made for men. And so we are constantly put into this comparison to um, how do you lead as a woman following the rules of the men's code and it just doesn't work for women and I you know and I kept watching it watching it and I recognized that the reason I became very successful is because I understand how men think I understand how men work and I can easily you know switch from one side uh, to the other I mean you know it, it cost me a lot of women relationships in the beginning because I didn't know how to get along with women because I've you know, I fell into that sort of same trap that women are difficult and women are this, women are that. And once I let that go and I really looked, I recognized that we spend our 20s and 30s and sometimes even part of our 40s just being at war with other women because we think they're going to want to take something away from us. And that is the scarcity principle in, in, in essence. And when we shift that and we say, well, you know, there aren't just this many opportunities for women out there. There's, you know, women are 51% of the American population. So we are really the majority. We're not the minority. We're acting like a minority, but we're not the minority. That's when I said, this is just insane. And somebody needs to be doing something about this on a much larger, more intensive, intensive way, which is why I founded the Women's Code, because I recognized that women don't have a code. We don't have a code on our own. We don't know what women leadership attributes are. We don't know how a woman is supposed to act. We don't know on how we, sh how we should show up. We don't know how we should talk about ourselves. We don't know any of these criterias. You know, when we speak up, we're bragging, you know, and it's widely documented the difference between how a man shows up and a woman shows up. And I said, we, no woman I know wants to be like a man. What right. women want to be women, they just want to be able to function in the male world. And that's how I developed all my training programs and all my strategies and all my 
you know, uh, you know, sales and, and business building courses and my women leadership courses around this exact idea that I do not want women to lead like men. I want women to lead like women. And I'm going to tell women, I'm going to show women, I'm going to be instrumental in helping women define what that women leadership is so that the more of us come together and are now demanding, declaring that there is a female leadership way and style and way to do business, now we're becoming this an acceptable part of the day-to-day economy, if you so want to. And now we can then add the female portion to the existing male portion. And now we combine the two of them together. So it's truly balanced with the male and the female that will then lead to a new business code. That's the big idea. Well, I think, um, I think that's, I think that there, there's so much in there that, that I, that I want to dive into. You know, one thing that um, we talked about was um, before we came on is that we both came up in in very male dominated industries, and I had a lot of men who were quite who were great to me, who were mentors to me, but a lot of the advice that they gave me was advice that would work for men. I mean, a couple of examples were I had more than a few suggest that I play golf, and as lucky luck would have it, I am a golfer. But the room where the business was done in most of the country clubs was not available to me as a woman. I, I couldn't go in to that room. It was a men's only grill. And then they would give me other ideas of, you know, they did a lot of business by going out and having drinks with people and things. Well, I was a young single woman. I couldn't exactly go by myself to ask my, um, you know, married customers if they would go have a drink with me. Sometimes their spouses, you know, didn't appreciate that. And I really found that once I cracked the code to, 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 to push through, you know, the proverbial glass ceiling, that how I succeeded as a female was very different than how my male counterparts um, uh, have done. And a lot of the organizations that I worked for really didn't have a process um, for women. So, so where, do, where does it start? Like, where do your programs start? Do they start with somebody looking to go into leadership? Does it start the minute that you begin your career? Like, where do you sort of intersect with women hoping to build um, their future? There's a couple of different ways. So, you know, I built the, you know, growth architecture mm-hmm. as, you know, as a, as a principle because there's really five elements in, in how you move through your, you know, especially your entrepreneurial career or even your corporate career. And the first step is how do you take that talent and you turn it into a business? The second step is how do you, how do you sell how to sell more and feel good about it. The third one is authority platform building because, you know, once you know what your talent is and the business that results of it and you can sell it, you have to, you know, build your platform. The fourth one is when you make the shift into leadership because you can either like be a wheel or you can be a driver. And how do you, how do you step into leadership because there's a very, you know, and, and you know this because you're a female leader. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a very specific shift, a mindset shift and a shift in how you talk, how you show up, how you dress, how you, how you, um, you know, come across where you really have to step into leadership if that's what you want. And then the final one are growth strategies. So I believe that, you know, in, in my programs and, you know, and I have women-specific programs under the Women's Code, uh, which is about balanced leadership, which is, you know, part of this growth architecture. And then I have, you know, just the business building elements for anybody wanting to move move forward and just uh, figuring out how to get there. I think that the the rule of thumb is if you have been treading water for more than, 12, 18 months, and you're not able to break through to this, you should look for someone to assist you, support you, work with you, guide you through this. You know, I have this conversation, I have a 26 year old daughter and she is in, and she's trying to figure out dating and, you know, we're in Los Angeles. I mean, that's a whole, that's a whole other, other thing. And I have this, this, you know, this, author that I came across who writes just these funny and hilarious books on dating, which have helped me. And he writes it from a male perspective and it's a no BS. You know, it's like, this is what men think, like it or not like it, violate at your own risk. And so I downloaded those books on her iPad. And so she keeps calling me for relationship advice. She says, well, what is he thinking? Why is he doing that? I'm like, 
I am not a man. Why don't you just take that one hour that it'll take you to read that book and then you'll actually know it because you'll hear it from the authority of the sub- on the subject, a guy who played the field who will tell you what men think. Mm-hmm. And she, won't, she won't do it. So, you know, she can now bite her teeth out on that subject. And this is, you know, like, this is like this with everything. Like, if your career is not moving forward, if your business is not growing, if you're not growing as a person, why waste your time on f- trying to figure out what it is? Why not enlist someone? There's so much out there right now. There's podcasts, radio shows like yours. There you know, are, are, are great books to read. There's workshops. There's coaches. There's trainers, consultants, conference. I mean, there's so much out there. There really is no reason for anybody who is stuck to remain stuck, unless they love being stuck. Right, right. Which, you know, which sometimes I think is, um, is, is probably the case, right? I mean, some, we hear, um, you know, the difference between people who, who truly want something is not in the words that they say, but it's in the action they take. Oh, my gosh, that is so true. <laughs> that is so true. Put your actions you know, put your money where your mouth is because people say, oh, yeah, no, I want to, I want to, want to. Or my favorite, I'm trying really hard. We all know that trying is a no action that leads to nothing. So, you know, and this is where the perseverance comes in that we, and the persistence we talked about earlier is how badly do you want it? Mm-hmm. You know, and if you don't want it bad, that's okay. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. But don't say you want it really bad and then don't have the actions that follow that because that is a, that's a dead end road. Yeah. You know, now, right now, since we're, um, we're talking about um, women and we're talking about your programs, I, I would be remiss not to mention your best-selling book, Happy Women, um, Happy World, How to Go from Overwhelmed uh, to Awesome. I can imagine I have more than a few listeners out there um, feeling a little overwhelmed. Um, tell us about, you know, tell us about the book, but, but more importantly, what motivated you to write it? So, you know, again, this comes back to what I shared earlier that I felt that, you know, and I was a single, single entrepreneur, immigrant mom. And so I figured that I could hardly be the first person that was experiencing these things I went through. And I couldn't, couldn't fathom that there was no information out there that just told you how it is. You know, everybody's like, oh, it's going to get better. It's not going to be always like this. Yeah, yeah, I know. It's hard. You know, other women are doing it too. And it's like all this general tried advice and it drove me crazy. <laughs> or on the flip side of this, and I bet you run into this, Meredith, all the time, it's the people that say, oh, no, just buy my course and it's $10,000 and in two days I'll fix everything. And you go like, yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Um, so I wanted to, to share what I've learned. And I'm going to give you one bit of the book that I believe is, you know, that's been like called the biggest game changer of the book. And it is a concept I've developed called egorithm. I found that there are nine egorithms that, you know, sort of are, occupying most women at one point in our lives. And, you know, that's like family, that's children, being a mother, that's health, that's, you know, tragedy, that's our career, that's our social life. And what we have learned as women or how we've been trained is in this Stepford Wives perfectionism. So we are so critical with each other. And in the book, I describe this as, you know, the triple paradox, which we can't go into it, but it's, you know, described in the book what that is specifically and what to do about it is we believe that we have to be perfect at absolutely everything. And so we look at all the things that we want and we take these nine egorithms and we make them equally important. And so we take sort of a life's journey and we try instead of to continue to string it on along, we we try to stack it up. And we try to consume it all at once, which is insanity. That is the overwhelm because if you want to, you know, put in the 80 hours to make to the corner office while you pick up your child, at, your one child at uh, 1.30 from school, the other one at 4.45, and you do your two-hour workout per day, you, you do uh, 
you cook, do all the cooking while, you know, organic meals, of course. Your house has to be immaculate. Your garden needs to be amazing. You're constantly entertaining because you're just so amazing. And your relationship is just cheerfully intense and wonderful. And in, your intimacy is off the charts and your kids just love you. So when I say it like that, it just, you know, everybody goes like, yeah, right. That's a fantasy. Well, it is a fantasy, but women keep trying this every day. So in my book, I, I outline specifically what you can do today to understand which of these ego rhythms you're in. So there's exercises and schedules where you can actually figure this out and then learn how to make that a main priority and have everything else fall underneath it. And that's what made this book, you know, um, an Amazon uh, international bestseller is where, you know, the women have read the book. They said that one thing changed my life. So I really encourage, you know, your listeners, if this sounds like something that, you know, could help you to get from this overwhelmed to the awesome to go to uh, Amazon and get the book. It's available as an ebook, a printed version, and also as an audiobook. Oh, wow. I did not, I didn't realize it was in, um, is audio, in audio. I had, uh, I had just um, uh, ordered it um, for myself. So I think I might give that copy to my sister and go back and, um, and order it on audio because it just, uh, everything about it just sounded um, great. We're going to take one last break. And when we come back, I want to um, switch gears to talk a little bit about some advice that you have for entrepreneurs. But I also want to talk of, um, of, about sales because I think that sales is so important for entrepreneurs, but it's one of those words and one of those terms that often people are just not comfortable with. And you have such a unique perspective. So we're going to take a quick break and, um, and come right back and a little bit more with Beach Lead talking about everything that you need to know to be a successful entrepreneur. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Are you ready to learn the business strategies you need to succeed no matter what this economy does? Are you interested in learning how the top organizations and how successful leaders are making change work for their companies and using uncertainty as their greatest competitive advantage? Then join the thousands of business owners, sales professionals, and entrepreneurs who have found the answers. Business growth expert Meredith Elliott Powell, author of Thrive, Strategies for Success in Uncertainty, offers powerful keynotes, workshops, and training courses for organizations and leaders of sales professionals looking to take their companies to the next level. Voted a top 15 business growth expert to watch and top 40 motivational speaker, Meredith coaches executives, trains next level leaders, and builds sales teams in her innovative three-step proven system to thrive in uncertainty. To learn more, go to valuespeaker.com. To speak with Meredith directly, book Meredith to speak and learn more about her training programs. That's valuespeaker.com. Visit today. You hear about it all the time. Compromises, destructive malware, major breaches. You can't turn on the news without hearing about the latest cyber event. Learn more about cybersecurity, how it has become one of the most significant threats to our national security, and the battle experts undergo every day on your behalf to protect you, your families, and your data. Task Force 7 Radio with host George Ritas is the voice of cybersecurity around the world. Tune in live every Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Thriving in Uncertainty. If you have a question or comment about our program, Meredith would love to hear from you. Her email address is M-E-R-E at valuespeaker.com. Again, that's M-E-R-E at valuespeaker.com. Now back to Thriving in Uncertainty. Welcome back to Thriving in Uncertainty, the radio program where we cover the ideas, share the strategies, and implement the powerful tips you need 
to ensure you succeed no matter how this economy does. Well, in our last segment, we spent so much time really focusing on women and the um, and the challenges um, facing the uh, female entrepreneur. But I want to switch gears now and tap back into um, your entrepreneurial brain. And I want to talk about sales first because, you know, so often when I work with entrepreneurs, the, um, the thing that I find is people go into business because they're passionate about what they do and they sort of seem to have forgotten that they've got to sell um, their product or service in order to be successful. And sales um, just has seemed to gotten such a negative connotation, but you have such a unique perspective um, uh, on it. I'd love for you to share it with our listeners. Oh, I'd be, I'd be happy to. So, you know, most people, when we, when we talk about sales, they have this idea of, you know, the bad car salesman or the, this offer is only good, you know, while you're in the showroom, when you walk out, the offer walks out with you or, you know, the timeshare, high pressure sales. Um, How do you get people to, you know, to immediately pull the trigger? And so um, in the male world of, of, you know, business, sales is often associated with winning. And so I looked at this and I decided that what women are really good at is providing value and women are excellent at maintaining relationships. So I built this program called How to Sell More and Feel Good About It based on the concept of you know, a relationship-based selling idea where we understand the you know, I call it crawling inside the head of the buyer. Mm -hmm. So, and then learning on how to reverse engineer based upon what they need, the offer that we provide. And so, you know, I do this, you know, in a, in, in private VIP days where literally I can change this in one day and people walk out here. I mean, my biggest success story to date is, a, a team of coaches, uh, leadership coaches that walked out here on Thursday. They had their meeting on Friday and they closed a $100,000 job, literally like, you know, 15 hours later, which, which I thought was really good. And just following the, the system of asking the right questions, understanding, you know, instead of trying to sell what you have, but listening to what they, what they are telling you and then using the formula to oftentimes on the spot come up with these solutions that then guide help you guide the client to the right to the right solution and the trick about sales is that most people make it the race to the bottom because they look at what their competitors are charging for a product or a service and then they try to match that my idea about sales is that we are creating an offer that cannot even be compared to this other uh, other provider so when your client calls and says yeah but you know acme uh, offers it for five thousand dollars and yours is ten thousand dollars why would i pay you ten thousand dollars if i can get the same thing for five thousand dollars then i you know then you will be able to actually say well what acme offers for five thousand dollars is truly not even in the same vicinity of what we are offering because for the ten thousand dollars not just do you get this but you also get this and this and this and the language is all outcome driven so it's not about you know you're buying you're buying a a gizmo or a gadget but there is a, a value proposition in everything because you have to pitch everything you have to pitch all the time you know people have to pitch everything we have to pitch ourselves we have to pitch our business we have to pitch why we are the right one for the job no i think that um i mean i i I love this idea of of you know getting inside um the mind of the buyer because the thing that i think about sales today is that this whole idea of winning of you know um defeating the customer of you know getting the deal of winning the negotiation I don't care if you're a man or a woman. I mean, I just think that's out of date. I mean, we live in a world now where the consumer is in control, right? I mean, technically, I don't need a salesperson to buy anything I want to buy. Absolutely. So, so salespeople are in a position now they have to make themselves relevant. You know, I mean, they have to be in a position to they have to be in a position to be able to add value in that. And getting inside the mind of the buyer, I believe, is how you do that. 
Absolutely. Yeah, you have to know what what their problems are. So, you know, in 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 my in my course and in my program, literally, you know, and I'm a certified Myers Briggs practitioner, and I don't just bring that in for for my clients or people I work with to understand who they are, but also how to apply that into the different types of buyers and introverts buy different than extroverts. You know, an introvert is going to hate you putting them on the spot and expecting them to make a decision right there and right then. An introvert needs time to step away and, and in, in sort of the safe zone to think this over or somebody who is a methodical needs to know all the facts. Somebody who's spontaneous needs to hear that it's, you know, really fun and great. And somebody who is competitive needs to know that this will make him win. Right. So when you put these, you know, sales programs together, you have to keep in mind that as you're building your packages or your offer, that you are offering this very specifically for a particular type of person that this offer is designed for. That's what makes them pull the trigger when they say, oh, that sounds perfect for me. Mm-hmm. Yes. You know, it's, um, I think that, um, uh, that you know they they talk so much today about um about i hear so often are salespeople relevant are they not will 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 we have salespeople 10 years from now and i really think that if you if you focus your efforts on this building relationship on following the things that you talk about in that course you really um you really begin to understand um the true skill of sales and there is a skill of sales, an art to it, a, um, a, a very respectable profession. I completely agree with you. And I do believe that the role, you know, on this, on the subject, I thought you touched on something very, very important. I think that the sales profession will become more a consultancy. Mm-hmm. I believe that people will come to you as a subject matter expert, a results driven subject matter expert. And they come to you and they say, we want certain results. What do you have to offer that gets me there? That's the way we are now needing to sell because we are not in the in the one way or the two way selling, we're now in the three way selling where, you know, in, in, in one way you put your offer out, they go in the store, they buy it, they're done. In two way, they look at the thing, they do some research and uh, then they buy the product or not. And in three way, they go, they look at it, they do their research and then they, they listen to their peers and they check out what other people are saying. So it's an interactive conversation. They want to see the results that other people are achieving with the stuff that you're offering to them. So you cannot shortcut this. It's a lot more comprehensive than it used to be. But I think, frankly, Meredith, it's a lot more fun than it used oh. to be too because now you, 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 ha- you have different conversations, more flexible. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I started... I started selling in the um, in the late '80s, and you know, and back in those days, you know, it really selling wasn't a lot of fun because you just, I mean, customers were so much more price sensitive in the sense that you know they were either buying from you or they were buying from the guy down the street. And now I think that sales has moved into such more of a consultative um, role. It's a lot more. Um, it's a lot more enjoyable, and I feel like it's a lot more in a position of I'm really choosing who I'm best to work with from a sales perspective, rather than the customer. Um, you know, rather than the customer always choosing me. Absolutely, and and within that lies a lot of empowerment. Mm-hmm. That you know, as we are going to a more niche-driven or more specialty type of selling is that you got to be very clear who's the right client for you. And, you know, and I see this on my equality and balanced leadership programs all the time is if, if you argue with me that you don't believe that the numbers and the data that women are good for business is a viable data, you're not my client because I cannot, you know, I cannot spend my time convincing you of the obvious, you know, Deloitte said it, McKinsey said it, every study out there says that women are, are smart, that women are capable, that women are able to, you know, really achieve phenomenal things. If you don't believe that that is true, don't waste my time. Right, <laughs> right. But you know, I um, I wonder about the um, I wonder about the organizations though that are not um, necessarily making an effort to become more female friendly because you look at the statistics of the buying power of um, women, the number of women that are moving into the position of um, of breadwinner um, in in their house. I'm just 
you know, you think about your customer base and how female oriented it is. And if you're not reflective of that, I've got a client um, right now that I think I'm driving um, them a little bit crazy because I really, they don't have female representation on their leadership team. And I'm really forcing the issue, not from a make sure that it's an equality issue, but I just think it's a smart business decision. And, and, and that really is, you know, again, now going back to sales, you know, to close the loop here, is this is really part of what is the most critical thing to understand right now for entrepreneurs, for, for, for anybody in this business environment today. You have to be able to make the business case for it. Mm-hmm. That's it. In a nutshell, that's the number one thing. I believe the skill that everybody needs to be needs to be learning. I'm launching a course on a platform, actually, as we speak, which is designed to help um, not just women, you know, but 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 people to identify their super skill. Uh, figure out what the value proposition is and then how to use that to pitch anything to anybody anytime. And this is really what I foresee as the number one skill that anyone listening to your show, Meredith, needs to really get their head around. Why are you so special? What are you bringing to the table? What are you naturally good at? How are you going to explain that without sounding like a narcissistic egomaniac? And how can you pitch it successfully to people so they get it quickly and effortlessly and clearly. Very, mm-hmm. you know, I cannot believe it, but we are basically um, at the end of this um, show and I want to reserve the right to bring you back on again because I have more than enjoyed this conversation. But we have talked about so many of your tools, your resources, and just the wealth of information that you have. I want to make sure that um, our listeners know how to find out more about you, where they can contact you, where they can get um, access to some of your resources, buy some of your books and things like that. Wonderful. I made it, I made it super easy. So I actually have a website link that you can go to and it's beatasfreegifts.com and it's B-E-A-T-E and then the word free, F-R-E-E, and then gifts, G-I-F-T-S dot com. So it's relatively easy to remember. And when you go to this page, I have, you know, an overabundance of gifts. I think there's like a combined like $8,000 worth of gifts on there, not of which wow. not all will be applicable, but from corporations to getting free chapters to the book, to getting a free a training, a free airtight avatar training, to getting a free balance training. So I've, I've put it all on one page. I put it all out there to give you as much jumpstart as you possibly can and that'll then lead you to you know the amazon page for the for the book happywomanhappyworld.com is is a short link for that that will show you all the different ways to get the book and if you are interested in learning your super skill i'm just going to put this out there because this class that i'm starting is very unique it's uh, you can find it at mastercourse.online and that is designed, you know, it's, it's pre-recorded. And then we start a mastermind in the fall where we then, you know, go through a six-month program of, you know, using all the stuff that has been covered in this course to actually then implement it so people that are participating in this course will have their own professional or a professional value proposition and understand how they can pitch stuff, uh, which I, you know, as I said, I believe this is the number one skill. So again, beatasfreegifts.com where you find all the free gifts. The book is happy woman, happy world. And if you're interested in the course, it's mastercourse.online. Fantastic. Thank you again so much for a fantastic show, all this amazing um, information and uh, truly thank you for being a part of it. And to my listeners, Thank you again for being a part of Thriving in Uncertainty, the show where we share the strategies you need to really make this marketplace start working for you. Join us again next week when we will have another exciting guest. Until then, do what you need to do to put yourself in a position to succeed no matter what this economy does. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in to this week's edition of Thriving in Uncertainty. Please join your host, Meredith Elliott Powell, for another program next Monday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time and 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. This week, embrace the change in your business and yourself. 